So uh, my topic this morning is on being fruitful. And it's going to it's going to carry into the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to break this thing down. We're going to be looking at John chapter 15. It'll be on the board, but if you've got a, a Bible or a smartphone with you, <laughs> you can scroll that up. This, of course, is Jesus himself speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do yeah, a couple of things. Nothing, 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 nothing. Fruitfulness. Isn't that a nice sounding word? It speaks of lushness, it speaks of Abundance, a job well done that brings reward or a sense of satisfaction. I think of this word every week as we gather around the tables at the food pantry. Right in the middle of the foyer, we set up these tables, and all of the fresh fruits and vegetables are piled up on that. And Some weeks, it's pretty astounding what we can pile on that table. And uh, before we open the doors, we gather all the workers around and we encircle the table and hold hands and we bless that pile of food and we pray over it and we ask the Lord to, to use it to satisfy the hunger in people's bellies, their hearts, their souls, their minds. And um, it was interesting this week, there was not as much as there normally is and usually the third Thursday of the month, we get swamped. And uh, so I just kind of off the cuff, somewhere in the prayer, I remember saying to the Lord, you know, how about a loaves and fishes thing? That would be really cool if you could do that, you know. So Thursday night, at, well, a couple of weeks ago, I'll back up. A couple of weeks ago, I got a call from the food bank. They said, we're doing a food drive. Uh, over by the Boys and Girls Club, they come up with a truck, they open it up, and people come, and they just give them bags of food. They're all pre-bagged. And he said, if we have anything left, which last year they had nothing left, he said, do you have a truck? You could come over. I said, yeah, just give me a, give me a shout. I'll come over, pick up whatever you got left. He says, you can have it for your food pantry. So I said, oh, that's good. So 5.30, I get a call, and he says, yeah, we're over here. And he said, we haven't had any turnout. He said, just amazing. No one's showing up. He says, can you take some stuff? I said, sure. He says, well, we'll drive over to you. I said, all right, I'll meet you at the church. So I got a couple of young guys living at my house, and I said to one of them who was sleeping, wake up. <laughs> I said, could you meet me down at the church? If I need you, when, when they show up, I'll give you a holler, run down. He said, yeah, no problem. So I come down, and Eric's here, and I tell Eric, you know, we got... Some food coming. So I'll, I'll hang out. I'll help you out. And 
So we're sitting there, and then Lucas King pulls in, and he's coming to pick up the uh, compost for the pigs. And I said, oh, we got some food coming. He said, oh, yeah, I'll hang out, and I'll help. And then uh, Mark Forgione shows up. I said, well, what are you up to? He said, oh, I come over to talk to Eric. I said, well, we've got some food coming. Would you hang out? You know, and we end up, we got about eight guys, right, by the time the truck pulls in. And the truck is this enormous truck with one of those hydraulic backlifts, and he's got his own pallet jack inside the truck, and he opens it up, and there's 10,000 pounds of food. You know where it is now? <laughs> right beneath your feet. <laughs> we got 10,000 pounds of free food, loaves and fishes. That's fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. It was so exciting. <laughs> Part of the reason that fruitfulness, especially when it's realized through an evident abundance that provides for the primary needs of life, Part of the reason that it impacts us all is because it is so primary to our original purpose and calling in God. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, be fruitful, and multiply. This is your original purpose and calling in God is to be fruitful and to multiply. That doesn't just mean make babies. Right? Multiply in everything that you do. Be fruitful. Fruitfulness is not only primary to our purpose and calling in God, but according to Jesus, as stated above in John 15, fruitfulness is also the prime indicator of the depth or lack of depth of our relationship in intimacy with him. In other words, God has designed our primary purpose and calling to be the means by which our inner man, our spirit, can also thrive on the abundance of life that is the fruit of Jesus' life as the true vine. The deeper our relationship with him gets, the more we connect into his life flow, the more fruitful we become. Fruitfulness has often been used in the scriptures as the proof in the pudding of God's promised abundant life. When Moses was leading Israel through the wilderness toward the promised land, he sent spies into the land in advance, and one of the things he instructed them to look for was the fruitfulness of the land. In Numbers 13, 17, it says, Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is, a, is good or bad, whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, 
and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Bring some of the fruit of the land. The proof that God has given you a promised land is that you're going to bring back from it fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is always an indicator that you have stepped into God's promised agenda for your life, for your purpose. I think that's why the food pantry is always so fruitful, because it's part of God's purpose for this body. Fruitfulness is the proof that the abundance God has promised is, in fact, true and available to us if we are willing to enter the promised land, if we are willing to step into the purposes and promises of God. So in light of the scriptural proclamation found in 2 Corinthians 1.20, which says this, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Who's the him? Jesus, right? That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. All the promises of God are yes in him. I am the true vine. It is easy to understand how Jesus adopts this place of being the source of the fruitfulness by which we can fulfill our purposes and callings and experiences, experience the fullness of the promised abundant life that God has offered to us through our relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Now please note that not only does Jesus show himself to be fruitful, but in fact he proclaims himself to be the very source of the fruitfulness that God desires our lives to produce. Let's look again at John 15, 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I am the true vine. Here, he is that which is deeply rooted, firmly established, reaching out and overspreading with his own fruitful presence all that is before him by means of the attached branches, by means of the attached branches. I don't know if any of you have ever developed uh, grapevines. You do grapevines, Tom? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we've been doing grapes now for, what, five, six years? And it's amazing to watch this vine, you know, so dry at the beginning of the season. It looks so kind of withered and shriveled up. And then all of a sudden those, those buds come and the branches start going out and just start grabbing a hold of and wrapping around everything they can get their little mitts on, you know. And it's really a picture of the church. That's how we should be 
overtaking the kingdom of darkness by just laying a hold of everything that we can in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He extends the influence and benefits of his own abundance to all that he overtakes. Every branch in me. Every branch in me. And this is very interesting because the compound word in me in the Greek, en emoi, denotes a very powerful and intimate state of being. The first part of the word is Strong's number, uh, Greek 1722, en, en, a primary preposition denoting a fixed position in place, time, or state of being and by implication, a relation of rest. In other words, being fixed in a position of rest. Often used in compounds with substantially the same import, really with, rarely with verbs of motion. In other words, there's a stability there. And then, not to indicate direction, except elliptically. Now, this becomes important. I don't know if you caught that. Elliptically, do you know what that is? What is that? Oh, I love you guys. The second part of the word is Strong's number G1698, emoi. To me. I, me, mine, my. Little seagulls. Mine, mine, mine. <laughs> So a fixed position in place, time, or state of being in relation to me so that you become mine. That's what Jesus is saying. So that you become mine. That's the branch to the vine. So it may translate along these lines. Every branch in me, everyone who has attached their life in the flow of their life to mine and is at rest with that relationship with me will become mine allowing that which flows through me to flow through them to produce the same fruitfulness of life that my life produces. But notice that this state of being only allows for one directional motion, and that is elliptical, like this. So the word is saying, if you attach to the vine, you cannot go off in your own direction. You can't run off on your own, run ahead of his will, or lag behind his commands. Well, you can, but you won't be fruitful. Hmm? But that does not mean we become stagnant. Elliptical motion allows us to put Jesus at the center of our lives, and then, even as the earth orbits the sun or the moon orbits the earth, so we can have our lives orbit around the Son of God. And that is no small thing. Because just as the natural orbits of the earth and moon produce times and seasons, tides and weather patterns, so will we, as we orbit his life, produce some element of fruitfulness. And I say some element because there is a variant involved here. If you examine the above scripture carefully, you will notice that Jesus speaks of four different levels of fruitfulness, much like he did when talking about the seed of the gospel 
landing in one of four different soil types. Whereas the soil types are what the seed lands in by happenstance and will only come to fruitfulness as the makeup of the soil allows, while the branch attached to the vine, on the other hand, has a constant to work with, the sure foundation of the life of Christ himself. There are no variants there. So the ability to be fruitful rests squarely on the branch and their willingness to surrender self for the intimacy of relationship being offered by the vine. Again, we start with the fact that Jesus is addressing every branch in me. In other words, there is already a level of relationship. A salvation experience has occurred, and the individual has received the free gift of eternal life. So let's go on from that premise. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. So the first designation of fruitfulness that Jesus points out is no fruit. You can be in Christ and be fruitless. That's disappointing, isn't it? But it's not his fault. <laughs> and it begs the question, what are you doing with all that God has freely given you? What are you doing with all that God has freely given you? Is Jesus your vine, or has he become your wine? And I'm spelling that W-H-I-N-E. Do you draw life from him, or are you too busy complaining about the life you have and trying to fix everything and everyone else around you to be able to bear fruit on your own? It's a good question because it's a designation of the fruitfulness in the vine, no fruit. The result of that is not good. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. The Father takes away. It does not denote loss of salvation. The context is fruitfulness. What your salvation is designed to produce through knowing Jesus. So it is about the loss of reward, or what the Bible calls crowns, not the loss of salvation. That's a free gift of God. 1 Corinthians 3.11, Paul sums it up this way. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So that which is taken away is the reward that was really freely offered to you and would have been attained through the fruit you produce. And it isn't like God says, oh, I don't like him. He doesn't get anything. God loves everybody. 
So he makes it available. The thing is, you don't become fruitful, and you don't get the reward of that. The next level of fruitfulness is this. In every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So this level of fruitfulness is in reality the dividing line within the principles of kingdom increase. And it, is sim- it simply works as Jesus stated in Matthew 25, 29. For to everyone who has will more be given. Hmm? And he will have an abundance. He will become fruitful. Once you get some, <laughs> got to get some. Hmm? But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. If you don't initiate the fruitfulness, you lose what you start with. Essentially, once you come to the place of actually bearing fruit, and I don't think it's a matter of how much you produce. I don't think he's looking for numbers. I think he's looking for faithfulness. As much as you do actually produce fruit at all. Because once that happens, and this is really exciting, once you produce fruit, the Father, the Father, who is the vine dresser, begins to go to work in your life in such a way that you immediately begin to bear more fruit. So once you bear fruit, you immediately start bearing more fruit. I know that pruning doesn't sound all that great. <laughs> but if you've ever grown fruit trees or, or uh, grapevines, you know what pruning does. It really increases the yield of fruitfulness. It's essential. I hope you notice that connection happens at this level of fruitfulness. Once you start producing, you are no longer working alone, but in tandem with God. And this is actually a new level of functionality and reality altogether, a place that's called abiding. Abiding. Abide in me and I in you. Do you see that? As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In this place, not only do we work in tandem with God, but we also become totally dependent on God for the life that we now live. Paul to the Galatians in 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we go from no fruit to fruit and then quickly on to more fruit, which brings us to that place of abiding in Christ as branches on the vine which the Father, our Father, is tending ensuring that we are ever increasing our yield until we arrive at the level of relational intimacy with Jesus, that we know him and are known by him, producing life and life more abundant. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, 
for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I want to clarify the knowing that I'm speaking about here because it's not this. Jesus, in several instances, talking about in that day when he returns and the church begins to gather around him. And many will come and say to me in that hour, Lord, Lord, did we not do signs and wonders and many miracles and cast out demons in your name and heal the sick? And with a quizzical kind of look in his eye, Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And the word there in the Greek is a translation from the Hebrew that's used in Genesis chapter 3 where it says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. It's a state of intimacy where the union between two begins to produce life. And that's what the vine and the branches is all about. And we are so united with him that the natural outflow of that relationship is we begin to produce life. And this stirs up the joy in the heart of the Father who begins to pour out his blessings so that the yield increases and increases and increases and his kingdom expands. That's good. <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> Here we find ourselves at that place called surrender. Yielded vessels to the will and whim of the living God. The place where that which is prayed for is discovered and that which is asked for is granted. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In me. In me as it is in heaven. <laughs>